The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. All right, well, the culture war is on. We're in the midst, we're in the throes of a culture war. Everywhere you look, it seems like we can interpret it that way, and so we're going to delve into that as the overarching theme this morning against the backdrop of what's been happening here locally or uh, right across the continent. And joining us yet again, Scott Masson is the Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Good morning, Scott. Morning, John. And Greta Vosper, Minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Good morning, Greta. Good morning, John. Morning, Scott. Good to see you again. All right. Well, there you go. Niceties aside, I wanted to tell you last night, it was kind of pleasantries as well, but then it got into a a pretty heated debate. I was at the Monk debates at uh, Roy Thompson Hall and uh, earlier in the day at a luncheon that featured two of the prominent panelists, uh, Mm -hmm. Charles Krauthammer, the uh, syndicated columnist and commentator on, amongst other places, Fox News, and uh, Fareed Zakaria from CNN, who was also with Newsweek, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's been... Uh, known to uh, represent on a school of thought as well. And last night, uh, the debate had to do mostly with Iran and its nuclear weapons program and how best to rein that in. But earlier in the day, it was really instructive because these two gentlemen in a special luncheon gathered at the uh, Shangri-La Hotel and uh, debated whether or not, or really offered their explanation or interpretation of what has recently taken place with the American election. And uh, Krauthammer's point was that in America, there's a kind of a seismic shift every 30 or so years. And uh, what happens when somebody of a progressive nature, you know, even could be seen as a, a radical in certain circumstances, uh, within about three decades, a span of two to three decades, that becomes kind of the norm, the cultural norm. So, you know, where uh, he talked about, let's say, uh, the New Deal, and then you had uh, subsequent to that, the Great Society with uh, Lyndon Johnson in the 60s. But he said Barack Obama's agenda which uh, he believed to be a total change and an overhaul of government and the role of government in people's lives uh, is going to become the established practice unless something uh, along a conservative note can change that, forestall the inevitable, he's almost calling it, not his words, but mine. And I was thinking about that last night, musing about this before we started here with the culture war, because you see in the city of Toronto as well, uh, where we've got this, let's just simplify it, a left versus right tug of war. And it plays itself out in so many different manifestations. I'm not even sure how we start because you got federally, say, the conservatives. Uh, social conservatism seems now to have been, I don't know, uh, marginalized. You've got an MP from Kitchener Way wants to bring up the issue of when does life begin to maybe rekindle the abortion debate. Mm. It's a non-starter for Stephen Harper. Mm. Uh, so we have all of these things. In the, Let's just put it into a, a stark focus and say the left versus right tug of war, who's winning? Who's winning? Conservative versus, I don't know, progressive? Can we maybe bring it down to that simplification? Greta Vosper, what's your take on it? I mean, it's a long way of introduction, but uh, I'm saying there's different permutations playing out. So who do you think is winning the war? I think that uh, overall, um, the liberal side of it uh, begins to win because exactly as as you were saying, as as, uh, Charles Krauthammer said, um, over the course of time, our values... uh, 
charge us to shift and change the positions that we've had. And religion, uh, which has been the sort of center for where those moral decisions have been made and where those uh, ideas are, are percolated, they eventually have to recognize that the values that they try to espouse are condemning their own policies. And so then their their position on it has to shift a bit, uh, if only a tiny bit in some uh, religious circles, uh, but it shifts a bit and then it, it starts to support what's happening in the community. And then that's when you get, you know, the lag is maybe uh, it being religious. So social the lag conservatism is, decade, is in decades, retreat. Three decades. What you're saying. I believe, I believe that we are going to constantly be having to answer questions that we previously didn't even want to consider. Such so as. So I think it is. Well, such as the, the um, abortion debate is now no longer a debate because we had to answer that question. And the question was, it's the right, it's a woman's right and her doctors to decide. So that's, the two it's of over. Them. That debate so I think is, that that's that, over. Absolutely. That's closed. Okay. Scott Masson, do you agree? The Progressives are winning this. Well, I'd like to backtrack slightly on this. I, I appreciate the context. I appreciate Charles Krauthammer. I think he's an excellent uh, commentator. But I think there's a bigger issue than simply the repetition of the last 30 years, a 30-year cycle. I do see something of that. But there is an unprecedented nature to what's going on now, which is not there in the past. Uh, I do think that postmodernism is the difference now, this is a jargon word that's out there, but really it's trying to create a society without any core values, without any foundations, and it's doing that and it's recalibrating society at every level, and we, so, we see redefinitions. So moral relativism. Moral relativism, and we can see it even in terms of basic understanding, so things like the family, like gender, like uh, marriage, human health, what a human being is, um, what uh, religious freedom is, is it spirituality? All of these things are being redefined in our midst, and that, I think, is unprecedented. It's not something that happened in the New Deal. That's just looking at it as a fiscal conservative. No, but there's but a different permutation of social change and social upheaval, and we're going through one of those phases now, is what you're saying. I'm saying, but I do think it's categorically different than what happened before, So, because there is a difference between modernism, which had its own foundation that was replacing uh, the Christian foundation, and then postmodernism, which is saying, let's try having no foundations, and let's See, but just the progressives think this is a great leap forward. Well, I think it is a great leap forward, but but there is a there is a problem with it, and that is exactly the thing that it that it embraces, and that's the moral relativism. Because in a morally relativistic world, you have anything goes, and I think that there with the. I think the church has a voice to bring to this conversation. Unfortunately, it's becoming a very conservative and, and being seen as a, a very conservative voice. And so it has these absolutes around abortion, and absolutes around end-of-life issues, and absolutes around marriage and sexuality, which which take its voice right off the radar and leave us in a mel- in, right, in this relativistic world. But you keep talking about the world. church, Greta Vosper. Can we also say the mosque? The synagogue are also as much in terms of social conservatism and uh, being a party to, say, the culture war. They're also instrumental in that. No, they're not. They are instrumental in exactly the same way that the church is instrumental. And that is that the fundamentalist ones are the ones whose voices are heard the most. And so they're written off by those who say, it is, I have gay friends and I like them. So why is my religion condemning that? Or I, I have, uh, my, my wife has to have a late stage abortion. So why is my religion condemning that? The re- the and reason. so that, that takes those conversations out of the, out of the, the, choice for people that find themselves with that kind of a dilemma. 
And with the loss and the breakdown of religious institutions as the fabric of society, what replaces that? You don't, we don't have something that replaces that and so says this is the morally right thing to do. So we end up with this morally relativistic society where anything goes. And I, and I, and I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the anything goes. You may have and, a problem with it, but you have no alternative but that because that's you don't. That's what I'm saying because, because the, <laughs> what has, what has been happening is that the, the voice that has been stability for moral reckoning for good or for ill is disintegrating before our very eyes. Right, and I would have, I would say that uh, liberal church uh, people such as yourself are chiefly responsible for precisely that removal of a foundation well, when, of cultural of cultural value. But when the when the foundational value of your religious system is love. It's and God, you put that actually. out there that well it, and and God as what God as judge I can't buy that I don't buy that You may not that buy it all. but but the point the point here is that the reason that people listen to what you call fundamentalists is precisely because they stand for something whereas you do not and you may decry the moral relativism that comes about but you're one of the architects there and you have nothing to say to it and therefore people I do. don't listen I say to that your it. God like, is being judged by exactly the thing that you say God is God is I don't, love I don't so agree judge with that, that God by love and it comes up very wanting No that that's your interpretation of the reality. I would say that what is happening is that people who have listened to the smooth voice and gentle voice of liberalism, that let's just include everyone, everybody's equal, everybody's the same, there's no good, there's no evil, there's no right, there's no wrong. But there is, those there are, is very, very those clearly are, those evil voices in my have world been heard, here. And now people, when they listen to the liberal church, they hear an amnesiac, an amnesiac who doesn't know his identity, and as a consequence, they don't listen to this person because this person is not to be trusted. An Actually, amnesiac doesn't know who he is, and are you going to listen to no, somebody who doesn't know who he is? So you're saying there are no moral absolutes, and that's where the whole disintegration is starting to take place. I think the rot began in the church with liberalism, and there's still a voice that can be heard in the Christian faith, and Grada calls it fundamentalism, and it's basically it's just the core Christian values that have lived uh, and uh, through uh, Western society for 2,000 years. They have grown, and we've got concepts of freedom and justice and love and goodness and mercy and so forth, and they're entrenched in our society. But liberal and that's Christianity exactly what ha- has liberals eroded are seeing it. that they are. So they're, this, they're, they're just they just don't remember. They're not willing to to say, okay, I am whoever you tell me I am, because you are a religious person or a religious so we're institution. Left, we're left with I get a to decide for myself. Church. That's the challenge, and we need religion needs to speak to that. It does speak to it. No, it's it, you don't it, listen. No, and religion you continues don't speak to say, it. "Okay, I'm going to tell you who you are." Religion doesn't want to have the debate. The religion doesn't want to acknowledge that we, we are have the debate here human all the time. and, and capable just, of making our own decisions. By your own admission, you've, said, you've, you've admitted that you have nothing to say to it because you don't stand for na- anything. All right, let me just come back and uh, again, I wanted to say it's not always just uh, filtered through the prism of religion institutions. Other institutions sure. are undergoing uh, sea changes as well, and for better or for worse. I mean, when we've got a tug of war, this is called the culture war, and we've got a culture war that's happening on so many levels. Uh, for better or for worse, who's mm. winning? Is it the progressives, the small L liberal progressives? Or conservatives, and uh, which side you on? Let's find out. We'll take some calls again with Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Greta Voster, Vosper minister at the West Hill United Church.
All right, we're back into it with the Culture Warriors, Scott Masson and Greta Vosper. And to uh, the big question, this is the big question today, who's winning the culture war when it comes to the left versus right dichotomy? You know, uh, we see it here in the city of Toronto, for example, and elsewhere. Let's just say uh, away from religious things, although it all seems to dial back to that. You know, austerity is the watchword now, uh, and a lot of people are claiming that that is really undue hardship to the marginalized and uh, the less affluent. So therefore, you've got a duty to be your brother's keeper. I, I guess I'm going to use some uh, religious imagery here. Uh, what mm-hmm. would Jesus do? You know, uh, do you have to have a shared social responsibility here in a communal sense or is individual responsibility uh, the greater good to serve in this matter? And uh, then you look after people through charitable works and things like that. I mean, all this idea of, uh, what is it, uh, wealth uh, redistribution, mm. that's, again, part of the culture war. I just wanted to emphasize that. It's, mm. you know, in the broad context, that's sure what we're is. talking about here, the yep. tug of war. So, Scott Masson, to you I ask, I mean, are we, when it comes to austerity, maybe we've got to pay our fair share. The folks who are better, well, redistribution is the way to go. Well, a, a charity has always been something that the church has uh, presented and and uh, and stood for. But charity is something that is a voluntary act. So that the All state. Right, so the mechanism of government to affect social change and redistribution. You think that's wrong? I think it makes the state into a messianic uh, a state, and it makes it into a god, as it were. So, and we see that all around us. So the state is messianic. It, it is uh, sovereign over health, welfare, and education. Uh, all of these are publicly controlled, publicly defined, and we can see that as the... Can I add to that list and the guaranteeing of good-paying jobs? Uh, you can add to that, right? And equality throughout all of these things, a very a mathematical understanding of equality that makes no distinction uh, for whether you've done a good job or a bad job. It's just you will get paid the same. It's communism, really. What We've we've had this the, the long, slow march to the left, and now we have a form of communism. I mean, Justin Trudeau, we were talking about this just before the, the show... His uh, his brother is is an avowed communist. He's one of his advisors, and he's now really, I think, stands a reasonable chance of election if uh, the opinion polls say anything on this. So there has been a shift to the left, and that's that's partly because the educational establishment has been captured by the left. Uh, it's now just called this is the, the 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 center ground. Well, the center ground is way left, and the, it's moved there because we have we have given health, welfare, and education over to the to the government. And uh, we no longer want to listen to what the church had to well, say. Well, that was Krauthammer's point. That was his theme yesterday at the luncheon. So Greta, He's respond right. to that. So the left is now, they're predominant because they're the center. It, that that field has been ceded to the left. Well, I, I, what is it you want? Some kind of a theocracy that gets... That we get, have a theocracy. I mean, that gets to actually say what happens in our schools and who gets paid what and all that kind of stuff. Because you talk about government as, a, as though it's something that you know, is totally separate from the people. We live in a democratic country, and for good or for ill, we get well, to elect who our, government, who our leaders are. But it's the degree are. of government involvement in people's daily lives. But, but we but we elect governments, and we have elected governments that have created a very strong social network. We believe in the separation so- of powers in the West, actually, the separation of the family from the church, from the state. Now, what we see in our day is that the state is accruing to itself powers that would have been and, historically and we, those of the church and the family, and now we'll say the state. And that's, uh, and that's say, how you get a woman dying after three, year, three days of labor uh, going through a spontaneous abortion in, in Ireland because the hospital would not 
assist in that and and until the fetal heartbeat stopped. I mean, that's what happens when you have the church that's what interfering happens when you have with the public health media and interfering with people, like with families. All right, let me take some calls as to who's winning the culture war. Jeff and Woodbridge, we'll start with you. Good morning. Hey, morning, John. Hi. You know, what, what has happened over the years, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a practicing Christian, but what has happened over the years is that the, the church has given its voice to this stupid extremist on the right, like the, like the guy who said um, rape and pregnancy is God's work. The Ann Coulters and, and, and the Sean Hennedys, we've given over the church to these extremist voices, so now people that are more moderate are listening to what sounds like more um, uh, explainable. Um, Irrational. All right. So what you're saying is, I know the guy in uh, Indiana as well as the other, I guess, in Kansas, uh, that was right off the charts. Is that really representative of the church, or are these just marginal figures and... Don't read too much into that, Greta. You want and this to... is this is where I think that the church, the the liberal church, has failed to capture um, the the imaginations, the passion, the interests of those who rationally have thought themselves beyond those extreme views, hmm. who have deconstructed the theology and the and the symbolism that has been. Uh, religious so should the, the religious should language the, the catholic so, church or christian churches then embrace gay marriage for example absolutely it's it's time <laughs> it's going to happen i mean the church has been has been dragged kicking and screaming uh into the well i could say most of it is in the 19th century now some of it's in the 20th century and some of them are in the 21st so they're century. behind the times scott they're, mason they're, you were chuckling always behind the times <laughs> the church is behind the times. i mean uh, liberal churchmen have driven the agenda of uh of progress for uh Two centuries now. Again, you sound like this is some kind of an elite that has been doing this. Oh well, I would I would exactly say that, and we've seen that in the latest the Church of England issue. So the the, the bishops and the clergy wanted there to be women bishops. The laity said, "No, we're not going to because have this." Because the bishops and the clergy, exactly as I've said, they have not let the laity. Uh, understand and know what it is that they're no, coming the to learn. No, the point is the lady and, do and understand the and, and, and the people are, are, are saying to those who so are we, their so masters. So we should still be saying, Scott, you're not seriously saying that we should not have women leaders in the church because the Bible said that. That's precisely what I'm saying and and you are good evidence and of so that we should precisely not have, for that so reason. So it's okay, it's okay in the church for women to lead children and to lead people who are not white or western. Because huh? you have missionaries huh? and you have teachers in Sunday school. So you're saying that that's an okay thing, but no, they're not that, allowed to have leadership over men. That's not the conservative position. The conservative, but the, that is the conservative position because the conservative, conservatives well, send conservative female missionaries around the world. Well, I'm a conservative that's not my position, so don't tell me what I think. I'll, but, but so you don't, you don't support the idea of women missionaries or women Sunday school teachers? Could I finish my point? I want you to answer that question, Scott. The, point, the conservative position is that, that uh, according to 1 Timothy 2, that men should be the preachers. That's it. That's the only point that's being made Yeah, I had somebody there. tell me one time that I shouldn't be a minister because I was given the gift of being able to have children. So All right, let me come back. I'm going to extend this to one more segment. We'll get to it uh, get as that. to whether or not it's the left or the right winning the culture war. Who is shaping the culture? Actually, uh, where's the winning tide? Uh, as we see it in its different permutations. With Masson and Vosper and your thoughts in a moment. All right, I got a hot one this morning. We're talking about the culture war in general that's taking place in our society, in our midst. And uh, we've got Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto. Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Hmm. So it's a left-right kind of thing in its most simplistic terms. We've seen where institutions maybe... Uh, have gone over one side or the other. I don't know. Uh, education, for example, might just be uh, 
statist in nature. Mm. Uh, that kind of stuff is what we're talking about. Austerity, we were discussing that, whether people see government as the instrument for positive change there, redistrib- redistributing wealth. and Because here, even in the city of Toronto, we talk about the left-right dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly in the American election, we heard a lot about that in the run-up uh, as to which side the people favored. And, uh, well, we've seen with the outcome, Barack Obama. Now, Greta's mm-hmm. contention is that progressives are carrying the day. That's the winning side right now. Agree or disagree? Let's get Peter in here. Good morning, Peter. You're on The Oakley Show. I mean, just three quick points. If you start looking at all the polls, and the New York Times ran stories about this just after the election, that the larger segment of the population are now not affiliating themselves with any religion, agnostic or atheist. That's a new age group. Two, if if churches want to become politicized and enter the process and and try and shape policy, then they can start paying taxes. And three, it's religion that gets us in the mess. This is why, like, if you take things like... It's a difference. It's not left or right. It's tolerance and intolerance. And the churches are intolerant of gay people. They're intolerant of uh, the equality is okay if you're all male, but if you're female, you're not equal. And it's it's problems like this. We have our problems in the Middle East where they're taking a 2,000-year-old book of fables and trying to make it into a uh, real estate contract. And how can we have people in government forming our policy who believe that the earth is 6,500 years old? All right, so you see at the root of a lot of the problems that confront us, it has to do with religion. 100% so. All right, and so uh, if I could, if I, could I, wonder what, I wonder what world the, the caller is living in because I, I cannot see uh, any strong influence of uh, traditional historic Christianity in our contemporary culture. Uh, and to say that the, all the problems that we're having right now are related to that just seems to me to be wholly out of touch with well, reality. I'm, I'm appreciative of the of the caller's uh, perspective. Um, I think, one, the caller needs to, and many of us need to remind ourselves over and over again that political does not mean partisan and that churches and religious uh, institutions have been political through the whole of their history and have sought to influence um, in, according to their beliefs, so that so that's a very different thing. Um, although I don't say that churches shouldn't be reevaluated around income tax status and and things like that. So that's an <laughs> ongoing conversation. However, um, as as one one of the stories that led up to today was the was the the kid on the two and a half men who has now become a Christian and condemns the show. I have long condemned that show, and I wish that there was a way that that he could have come to that uh, earlier. That did. Did not mean he had to go to such an extreme so that he is now uh, not only condemning some of the immoral stuff of the show, and it's really a trash show, but he will also uh, be part of a voice that wants to continue to deny rights to right, gays. You know he will also continue to, to make um, sex a, a bad thing. And, and, well, wait a minute, and wait that's a minute. unfortunate. Conversely, there needs though, to be another minute, group Greta, in the middle. Greta, Greta. Conversely, he's a product of Hollywood, and Hollywood has been everything the opposite of what you've cited. I mean, it's been a very licentious society. And in the culture war, don't you think that Hollywood has played a very instrumental role? I do. For better or for worse, though. That's my question. My question is for better or for worse. I hate that show. No, not just the show, but Hollywood in general and its impact. Now, I know it's a generalization, but... But I, but I hate... What I hate more than that is, is the violence that's become the norm because of Hollywood. Is that a progressive agenda? Well, yes, it is. I can't say that it is. I can't it is say because that it is. violence results from lawlessness, and lawlessness is what sin is. And Hollywood has promoted sin. But a progressive agenda less, is not sin. Of course it is, I mean, because every, every, everything that progresses away from, from God's word 
is a regression and it is a mover to, uh, it is a move towards the embrace of sin and that's precisely what we've seen culturally now y- you want to talk about the things that you deride and and deplore in our culture but they're a direct consequence of the departure of our countries from the word of god those are foundational to our our social fabric our social understanding we're moving away from them we're reaping the consequences and then we and, have people like our caller and yourself say it's because of uh, Christians like myself. Well, and I find as long this is as the, the word of God continues to deprive leadership, or if you want to parse it and say just preaching uh, from women, as the as has some of the reflection uh, in the so it's not Church progressive England, in us. Uh, no, as long right. as the word of God <laughs> oppresses gays and denies rights to half of the, the world, word of God then does yeah, not oppress gays, Greta. All right, but, but let me case. ask as an exit question here because our time is out on this segment. Do you uh, are you confident that uh, an equilibrium can be established, or maybe the the forces of darkness will somehow be triumphed over? I am totally confident in that, and I'll say the reason why that is because Jesus Christ. Uh, had a victory over the forces of darkness at the cross. Yeah, 2000. Well, you know, it's an article of faith. Has, it's not just an article of faith. It's a fact of history. Now, I think in our times, we are seeing a great shaking of the foundations of society. Right. But that will that will be gone. And the people in our culture that have moved away from those foundations, they too will be gone. What will remain is Jesus Christ and his rule, and we will see that grow. So I think the life without foundation, which in, which is in our midst as we speak, um, that is that is being judged in our midst. We're seeing the consequences of it, but I I can see a revival on the horizon precisely because of this. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the forces of darkness? If that ever comes true, we will be in the grip of the forces of darkness. I well, think prog- that a progressive agenda... If you read agenda, history, if you read history Greta, agenda, I let you finish, Scott. The, a progressive agenda, finger by finger, lets us, pulls our grip away from that and understanding. And that's what, true and human emancipation there? I, I think human right, emancipation well, we'll leave is on that note. All right, well, we'll leave on that note. Obviously, yes, but uh, how we get how there... I don't know how that could be a bad thing. Well, how we get there is the question. That was the question today. Uh, who's winning the culture war? And maybe, you know, the Mayans, if they've got it right, it's all a moot point. Thank you, one <laughs> and all. Scott Masson, Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Greta Vosper, Minister at the West Hill United Church. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.